Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr. And with me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta then now forever, All Systems Joe, C. Kane Joe Rodermel. Beer, the lifeblood that drives us. <laughs> Is that the... Uh, the beer Eck mentioned last week, or no? it is not. No, I could not there. find that. This is this is a Kate May special. This is the, from the Kate May Brewing Company. Looks good. I very like tasty pale crab. Out. The crab holding. A I got a shirt logo. matching it, so yeah, I had to get it. <laughs> yeah, good, good choice. And uh, returning after a one week hiatus, this is the first time we've been on the show together in a little over a month. Messing with his camera filters. Yes, Mr. <laughs> Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Baylo. Aaron Lloyd. Excellent job filling in as the host while I was gone. Thank uh, you. I, I really enjoyed the uh, the episodes, the three weeks that I missed. I thought you guys did a great job. So thank you for taking on the uh, expanded role. I appreciate it. Um, SummerSlam review show. Uh, the, the biggest party of the summer, as Vince McMahon called what? it on Twitter. And if that is the biggest party of the summer... You're having a shitty summer. It kind of was. It was was rainy, so, I mean, like, it wasn't too big of a summer, so I kind of understand him saying that. Yeah. Um, But, Alo, do we have a rating system on this show? Yes, since I've been going and you've been you've been going longer. You brought Fink back with you, so he's he's done with the, uh, what's that dish that you love on Ronnie vs. the World? Cacio Pepe. Cacio Pepe. So he's done here. Cacio Pepe. And he's back, ladies and gentlemen. We are the nation of domination. The following podcast has a rolling system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slobber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a show stopper. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> um, all right, so our ratings for SummerSlam. Halo, do you want to start it off? Uh, yeah, I'm going to – I think I'll be higher on this than the rest of you guys. I'm giving us a showstopper. Now, last month I gave – I saw Extreme Rules was the best show they put on all year. I think SummerSlam trumped that. I thought – Listen, I might just be on a WWE high, and I got a, a point I want to make at the end of this, but I thought the entire show was fantastic. I thought that everything mattered. I thought that Charlotte and Trish, I know we talked about before the start of the show that you, you how you're kind of like dejected from anything about Charlotte, but I know we give, I know you give Charlotte a, a rough rap on the show because of her exposure and mm-hmm. just because she's always in our face and she's always in the forefront, but and she and she doesn't always make her opponents better. She's but, what the Smarks thought Roman was all those. Yes, years. <laughs> yeah, but but I thought that she shined Trish up real well in this one. I thought they had great chemistry. I thought that match was fantastic. And by the way, I just want to say this right now. I thought all the the women, even in NXT, tore down this weekend because also Candice LeRae with Io Shirai. That was also great. The Bailey Ember Moon match, yeah, a little bit left to be desired, but also 
the Natty and Becky match for the women's title. I thought that was fantastic. Rollins and, and Brock. I kind of give it the Brock and let, let let the hate off him a little bit because he showed up what like three or four three to four, four shows since he won the title at Extreme Rules last month and he put I thought he put on a hell of a performance with, with Seth and even though that story was lacking a lot for me because you guys talked about it last week and I, I believe you guys felt the same way but I thought that match was fantastic and they actually made the the beating Seth took actually mean something happened overcome the odds so i thought SummerSlam was was really great and the weeks leading up the past few weeks they've been talking about how wwe is going to kind of like put a foot put a step forward to kind of like take it to AEW. now AEW hasn't started yet and we all we all have to realize that AEW's weekly television shows aren't always going to be great every single week but i think that SummerSlam and no, even it's like, not going to be the best wrestling show that's ever aired every week it's not. It's not. <laughs> Do you think people are ready for that? <laughs> they're not. They're not. It's, they're, They'll fool they're themselves in believing they're, that it is the first, first they, couple they times. First, yes. <laughs> they will. They will. But I, I think that WWE in the last few weeks, including SummerSlam, they've taken steps forward into kind of step put it, like taking a step forward into competing with AEW, saying, okay, you got to top this, because I feel that on Raw and SmackDown, even the in-ring performances have been a lot better. Like Charlotte Ember Moon had a great match this past week on SmackDown. Um, so they're spotlighting other people that they really just kind of tucked in the background before, which yeah. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, I'm sure we'll talk about Buddy Murphy and Roman Reigns. I thought that was fantastic. Great but match. but I think yes, I think SummerSlam was was like really 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 good. Of course, the the debut of the Fiend. Not even though it's not much, it wasn't much of a match. It was more of a showcase. I I, I was like glued to the television that entire time. <laughs> Throughout his entrance and then throughout the entire what was it wasn't much of a match, but during the match I was like glued to the television. But I really did enjoy SummerSlam. I might be a little bit more higher on it than you guys are. Yeah, Joseph, your rating for SummerSlam? You're definitely high. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, SummerSlam wasn't bad. Again, I still think Extreme Rolls card matches was a was a better pay per view. Um Again, we talked about it last week going into this pay-per-view. I didn't have high expectations for it, so it kind of kind of landed on my expectations, except for the, like, the Seth Rollins match, which was much higher than I anticipated. And luckily they played into the old adage where you get beat week after week after week, you come up in the pay-per-view. It's kind of kind of the formula wrestling's always had, and they played into it. You always had that fear that Lesnar was just going to shine, but that was probably the match of the night for me. Um uh, some of the other matches just kind of kind of let me down. I mean, there were still great matches. Like the women's matches, like you said, were awesome across the board. I would have liked to have seen that tag team uh, victory with mm-hmm. uh, Alexa and uh, Nikki on that pay per view on that card. Um, I loved. No, oh, it ended up being pre show, right? Yeah, yeah, they did it like the, the, the yeah. They did it on Raw. The, winning the title, the they did it on the the TV show, uh, the weekly show. But that would have been awesome because that was. Oh, a you match. mean when they actually won? The yeah, yeah. When they had that. When Raw, they had that. When they had like, that um, elimination it. tag match, whatever you want to call. It. Okay, I misunderstood. Um, the women's matches were excellent, then, but you have matches like Goldberg, which was just a waste. Um, the Kofi Kingston Orton could have been better. They have double. I mean, a disqualification kind of kind of a waste of a title match, um, for something they kind of build, build to be more. I mean, maybe just because they want to continue it on, but things like that kind of played it down for me. So I, I, I kind of gave it a mid-level pay-per-view for me. Yeah. Uh, for me, 
So it it had no chance. No show that has Bill Goldberg on it. <laughs> like it automatically can't get a show. Stopper. What's Doff's new angle? What the hell is this? I mean, I don't know. I didn't even watch. So I got. I told you guys before. I got a chance to watch four matches tonight before we started. I kind of ran out of time. So I guess I probably saw roughly half of the main show. And part of me, like, what, during, like, the last three minutes, uh, like, I actually, the thought crossed my mind of a showstopper. But I was like, nope, Bill Goldberg drops at a full letter grade. Um, Has to. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it gets a slobber knocker. But I say that it, my enjoyment of what I watched was beyond a slobber knocker, if that makes sense. I just can't give it a grade higher. <laughs> yeah, I can't go higher than that, but I do agree with my friend here that the quality of the work that they're putting out there, the attention to the detail that we've always pined about for, for WWE to pay attention to, they're starting to do a little more of that. Um, you can see it in the product. You can see it in the characters they're building. You can see it in, in just overall show, and it's, it is getting better. Yeah. I got one, I got one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Buddy Murphy and Dolph Ziggler are friends, but apparently it looks like they're having a sell-off. For spears, because I don't know if you saw, <laughs> I did. Dolph take the spear, and then Buddy Murphy took it in a similar fashion on SmackDown. You know who did Fantastic. that first? <laughs> do you know who went inside out on a spear first? Who? At least the first person I ever saw do it. Who? Uh, Sasha Banks against Charlotte in the oh, first really? takeover I ever watched. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, what because... was that takeover? Not rival. Uh... It was a. Uh, um... Our evolution. Okay, so yes, Sasha did. Sasha went inside out on a spear from Charlotte in that match. Uh, so they're all following the boss. We'll get know? to that. We'll get to the boss we later. But, uh, but I was to, like, my God, the uh, the weekly product this uh, at all? No. So you know, um, I guess you don't have much input on, on on Sasha. I'm aware. I'm aware of what happened with her, and I did watch the clip. Uh, there was another clip I watched. I watched some highlights from Roman and Buddy Murphy, and there was another clip I watched, but I don't remember what it was now. I'm sure when we talk about it, I'll remember what I saw. Yeah, I was just going to ask your feelings on that, because I know you've been kind of waiting for something like this. Yeah, um, well, to to quote Alo, I'll I'll get to that. Um, But yeah, the four things I saw on SummerSlam, I saw Seth and Brock, I saw Kofi and Randall, I saw The Fiend, and I saw Becky Lynch versus Natty. So my official grade is a slobber knocker. The four matches that I saw like, were all really good, and as Alo said, like the, the Fiend match wasn't much of a match. But as far as like, a segment and as far as entertainment, like it definitely... I wasn't disappointed, I'll, I'll say that. like it, They definitely did not let me down with, with the way it was presented, the way it came across... Um, and I read reports that there was like just like children in that crowd had to be taken out of the concession area really? during his entrance. Oh, I believe wow. it. Yeah, I mean, I believe it too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's unsettling. Like, there's definitely so there have been days where like the fiend had been on my mind. I know I've talked about this on the show before, and like I would just sit down and watch all of the Firefly Funhouse clips in a row, and I w- I would feel like unsettled after watching them. Uh, so I could definitely see kids being freaked out by the fiend. Uh, so we'll, if you guys don't mind, we'll just start do the first part of the show about the four matches I did see because I think they arguably are the four most important things that were on the show anyway. And then you guys can kind of fill me in on what I didn't see. 
So let's just start with the main event, which was Brock and Seth. Uh, the first thing I'll say, uh, which I had in my notes, is that, Joe, you were right last week. Like You, you made the point a little earlier tonight about the, the formula being like the guy who's getting the worst of it leading into the big pay-per-view match typically wins. You were right about that. Um, but this, this match was what I wanted at WrestleMania. If Seth Rollins was going to be the one to dethrone the Beast, I wanted to see him like really beat him in a match, not the the quick like what did did he kick him in the balls and then hit a curb stomp and then it was Don't over like or, pretty much. This was what I wanted at WrestleMania. Like they gave Seth at SummerSlam something similar to what I wanted for Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania a few years ago. Like give him that like that rub from actually beating Brock Lesnar. And I thought the match was good. Uh, I will give credit where it is due. As Ayla, I know you said in my absence that I will give credit where it is due. Uh, Brock Lesnar, I, I take my hat off to him. He gave us literally the best he can give us. Like that is the best performance he's able to give at this point in his career. And he gave it. So I give him credit for that. The match was really good. I thought Seth Shined. I thought they did a good job of playing in all the beatings leading up to that match. Like, I thought that played a part in the match. Uh, and you saw Seth, like, go above and beyond to get the job done. And I loved the point that Corey Graves made on commentary. That he, sa- he said, I asked Seth Rollins, like, what is going to be any different than what it's been? And Seth told me, like, I did it for the boys already. I did it for the fans already. And now I need to do it for me. And... Like, I thought that that was definitely, like, it came across like a guy who was desperate to accomplish something. And I thought it was great to see him do it. I would have rather seen this at WrestleMania and had it be over. But at the so-called biggest party of the summer, why not have this guy beat Brock Lesnar? I thought the match far exceeded what I expected. Eck isn't here, but I think this was exactly what he was hoping for when he said he needed a good match. So, Joe, you said your match of the night. Definitely. Um, it exceeded all my expectations. And again, you never know what you're going to get with Brock Lesnar matches. Like you said, he's been better this go- second go-around as far as being there, being available with the title. Right, like being a part being of the show. Being more a part of the show, so the title is just not like just out, out in limbo, essentially. Um, he's did well in that aspect of it. And then again, you got the beatdowns coming in, so you're fearful that, that, that Brock Lesnar is just going to have one of those matches where he throws throws his opponent around for a half hour, walks around smirking, and then that's over. You're fearful of that. That wasn't the case. A couple times you thought maybe it could swing that way. So this is this is kind of what you want from a title match. You really had no idea where exactly it was going to end up. Mm-hmm. And that's that's good storytelling. That's good match. You, a couple times you're just like, oh, here goes Lesnar. I'm going to give it to him now. Switch it back. Then you're right. like, oh, well, Seth Rollins is going to get her this like in, in two minutes. Didn't happen. Lesnar came back, so that's kind of what you want. You want that. You want that uh, roller coaster ride, and I was I was in in it for the whole ride. Yeah, for that, for that match. Halo, do you agree with that? Like, because I felt that way too. Like, times when it felt like, oh, Seth might do it, and then they make you feel like, oh no, Brock is just going to win now. Oh, Brock is going to win. Yeah. Oh no. Like, yeah. It's very rare that they actually do put you on that roller coaster, like Joey just said. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because there was time. I believe Brock had an F five and Seth rolled, rolled out the ring. Yeah. But like Seth, Seth was only attacked from the beginning of this match. And like, like, like I said, like we said, like we guys, we talked about. We didn't know what to expect from this match because Seth was so beat, beat up and battered for the last few weeks. But right from the jump, Seth was on the offense. And then when Brock would try to 
be on the offense, Seth with a German or hit a suplex, Seth would flip out of it and, and, hit, and hit a surprise move on Brock. So it was a good back and forth. And then when we thought Seth would win, like you said, we thought Brock was going to be on the offense and take control right here. So I thought the ma- the match was executed perfect. Even the whole story was executed perfect. And so I, I can't, I, I can't act for a better match from Brock Lesnar at this point in his career, because I thought this was, Excellent. I thought it exceeded my, all my expectations. Yeah, he he really did. He gave us everything that a wrestling fan could have expected from him, and probably more than any of us expected to get from him. So, credit goes to Brock on that. As I, I begrudgingly say that because I hate the guy, but <laughs> he delivered at, at, in a match where it was it was needed, really. Oh yeah. And he put a guy over who I feel like needed to get put over that way. So. I'll go right into actually I'll I'll switch it to the women here Becky Lynch and Natty. Um, we've talked numerous times over the past year about like how Becky has reached like the heights and then sometimes we're like oh she's lost all her steam and then she ends up back at those heights again and then we feel like she loses steam again. So I have not watched uh, much in the past two months, as you guys know. Going into SummerSlam, do you feel like she was more like at a peak or do you feel like she was more in a valley? I think she was higher than what she was against Lacey Evans. Now, granted, they did main event extreme rules. And me and you, I'm not sure where Joey's in, but me and you kind of do like, we do like Lacey Evans. But working with Natty put her up than what she was working with Lacey Evans because Eric talked about this when... The match got announced, and Natty won that that match to become the more contender. It's face versus face, and I told him that the face versus face dynamic works because one week somebody gets up on the other, next week the other person gets up on the other, and then they'll use a little heel tactic or whatever. Be- Becky's persona is kind of like she's more she's like a dickhead, so she's more of like mm-hmm. yeah. the heel than anybody. I think she's but, more in an air uh, in an air avenue, like which is rare for wrestling, where she's not heel or face. She's just Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like at the, so working with Natty, I think she's more at the neutral point. But I think what happened on Monday Night Raw, even though she took the beating, I think that's going to that that neutral point skyrockets her back up to the top because of the program and the person she'll be working with yeah so like one of the things i really liked about this match and maybe maybe my perception is wrong but i felt like natty got in like 75 percent of the offense in this match um and becky just like found a way to win and the what it reminded me of and Joey, I know you'll definitely remember this because you're about the same age as me. Alo, you may remember, but like, and obviously this isn't the only example of this phenomenon, but it reminded me of like, maybe like the mid-90s Eagles, like going against like the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael yeah, Irvin Cowboys, Cowboys, and they were like the glamour team. I-, I talk about this a lot too, but like they were like the glamour team, the high-powered offense, the great defense. The jerks. Won all those Super Bowls in the mid-90s. And you would see a team like the Eagles, who was, like, during that time, probably average. Maybe even below average. Lucky to be average. Yeah, and they would play a game against the Cowboys. It was, like, hard-hitting, and it felt like they were getting the better of it the whole game. And then the Cowboys would just, like, find a way to do that little bit to just eke out the win. Just their overall talent. And 
as an Eagles fan, you would feel like, God, like the Eagles had it. Like they, they kind of won the game. They outplayed them, but they just lost. That was what it felt like to me. Like Becky was like the great team. Mm-hmm. That was just like, my greatness will see me through. Yeah. You could throw anything at me. You may get the better of me, but my greatness will carry me through to the end. Mm-hmm. That was how I felt about no that. No matter what happens, at the end of the day, I'm going to be standing on top. Yeah, and that, that was how it felt to me. Um, but I thought that match was excellent. I thought it was a smart choice to open with that uh, because you have, obviously, Natty, like the kind of hometown favorite, and then you have Becky, who is arguably still the maybe the most popular person in the industry Uh, I thought it was smart to do the submission match was a nice stipulation Uh, I really loved that match Uh, Ayla what did you think of Becky and Natty yeah I thought it was great first I gotta say this uh, Natty doing a sharpshooter on the ring post still looks better than the rocks (laughs) I had that in my notes (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh, yeah I thought the match was great I thought Becky did a better sharpshooter than the rock yes (laughs) yeah it was funny because like I'd like rewind it in slow motion like okay is is, is the four locked in perfectly and it it was but yeah I thought they executed the submission rules real well they actually worked on limbs through the entire match and I like the fact that they even locked in each other's submission on each other I thought that was like a, a nice aspect of it, and especially the, especially the end sequence when Natty did have the sharpshooter on, and but there's no rope breaks, and Becky gets out to the out, Becky yeah. gets to the apron, she's pulling the apron, is able to get out and lock it into Sarma right away. So I think they did a good job of actually playing off the submission match, the, the submission submission match perfectly. You know what? There was a point in this match also. I think Natty was working on Becky's knee outside the ring, threw her back in the ring, and when they got in the ring, Becky stood up holding onto the ropes, and Natty kicked her leg out. Uh, she might have done it twice. It reminded me of Brett against Mr. Perfect. Because <laughs> uh, it was, it was something Brett did to Mr. Perfect in, in one of their matches back in the day. It might have been an work in the leg, yeah. match, yes. Um, Did this match live up to your expectations? And are you happy with where Becky Lynch is as the Raw Women's Champion? Definitely. I'm going to agree a lot with my Nubian friend over here. (laughs) Um, I like the way the match was built. I mean, the the submission match and the way they were working the limbs, it's kind of a classic wrestling match. Um, Ups and downs, you feel like, again, the home favorite, if you will. I, I feel like... Natty had the upper hand. She had a lot of lot of momentum going for her. And like you said, no matter what happened, Becky Lynch ends up on top. Mm-hmm. Um, back and forth was fun. And then, again, the each switching each other's submission moves was awesome. Um, and ultimately, this armor kind of kind of just knocks, knocks Natty out. Yeah. So two other little details that I really liked, and this was the finish. When Becky finally got the disarmor on, I loved the detail of her, like, changing her grip on Natty's arm, like, almost to try to get more leverage. And I appreciated the way Natty tapped. A lot of times people tap, like, they do that, like, pause and then tap, like, really hard. I liked that Natty's tap was kind of soft. Like, I gave everything I could give. I had nothing left. And I, I, I appreciated that little detail, but I thought it was a great opener. I thought it was a really good match. I it's was happy way, that that was one of the four that I watched. Yeah, it's a good way to get everyone involved. I mean, again, it's a lot of momentum, a lot of um, hype going in. Um, and again, some of the transitions from, from, from move to move was fun. So it, it kind of got everyone involved. It got, it got the pay-per-view kicked off right. And again, the right person won, I think. Yeah, and uh, to transition a little bit to, to some weekly stuff, uh, I said on the show last week 
when we were doing predictions, because uh, I think Eck talked a little bit about the possibility of Natty actually winning the title. And I said, Becky, like, we're at a point where she should not be losing the title unless it's for something important, like something that matters. If you don't have that, don't take the title off her, like, for no reason. And obviously we mentioned the boss. We mentioned Sasha Banks making her return. Uh, do you guys agree with me that that would qualify as something important that would eventually get the title off of Becky Lynch? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and before we before we go any further, I cannot wait to Sasha with the title and all the marks say, "Oh well, of course they're going to put the belt on her because she was she was so mad and crying for months <laughs> that the course they got to put the belt on her. That was her demand. So I, I can't wait for the internet to say that. I can't wait. The, the funniest part is Corey Graves may say it first. Because <laughs> he, he, was, he was right. He was great. He's like, I, I told you guys. <laughs> I told you guys. Change um, the hair color, change the attitude. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, I am happy that she's back. Uh, here, just hearing that music hit was, like, very a very pleasant thing to hear. I was falling asleep, and I, I sat up at the Undertaker. Like, oh, hello! <laughs> and then the first thing I noticed is how bad that wig was. Yeah, because you know I'm the wig connoisseur on this show. But anyway, I was like, oh god, that wig's bad. And wig connoisseur. Turns out, turns out it was it was all part of the it was all part of the uh, the angle. Do you get yeah. a Do you get a card for that to be a wig connoisseur? You get like a- <laughs> I need one because these 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 Joey these women they out here fronting this. I don't, I don't think it's a card. I think you get like a certificate. Yeah, a certificate. Like that you frame and hang on the wall. I wear I'll, I wear mine with pride. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought like obviously it's a big deal that she gets to come back and do what she got to do. Like she got thrown right into the main title picture, uh, and it was something that the entire wrestling world was talking about the rest of that night and the next day. So it's arguably the biggest story to come out of SummerSlam weekend that she came back and attacked Becky Lynch. Um, do you agree, Joseph, that like that would be the thing that's big enough to get the title off Becky Lynch? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you could set up a nice long feud. Fu- nice long feud. <laughs> set a nice long f- feud out of this. Um, yeah. Again, it'd be awesome just to have the the title switch to Sasha. Maybe have Bailey, uh, Becky win the first match, Sasha win the title, and then you have set up another rematch where either either one wins, but it would probably be Sasha retaining. It would be a nice nice set long feud you have for a couple of pay-per-views, which would be awesome to watch. And they have a track record of having good matches and telling good stories together. Like the, the takeover match that they had, which was Becky's kind of like first really big match in NXT... I think that was when she debuted the the bright orange hair. Yep, yeah, it was. Um, the only thing I ask is that if we put the title on Sasha, let's make it more than two weeks. Uh, yeah, That's let's make her not lose it. Her first defense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they had good, like good. They had that really good feud for number one contender leading into what was it WrestleMania thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to kind of get to see this again with Becky, obviously being a whole new character, and Sasha, hopefully. Being a whole new character. Oh, she's definitely so. a whole new character. Yeah, yeah. Slapping because, the taste out of Natty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Because while you were gone, I posed I posed this question to both Prep and Eric, I believe, about same. Th- I, I said the same thing, same thing about Kofi, but same, same thing as Becky as well. When do when do they take the titles off of me? And it has to be against somebody important and somebody well and deserving. And I've been saying this for months that 
the boss was the man and you know that's the original demand so i'm i'm really excited to see this feud actually happen because i think with this version of sasha banks and since they have since wwe now has to deem to her demands which that's what they, the smarts all are going to say that i think we're going to get great tv between the man and the boss and it'll be great head to head and i can't wait for the match and we haven't had the match in years so the matches will be new and, and, and actually fresh, fresh. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Alo just mentioned Kofi, and he obviously had a championship match against Randy Orton. Um, what did you did you guys feel like that lived up to your expectations? I don't know who wants to take it first. I mean, I would say it didn't let my expectations down, except for the ending of it. Again, they build it as something more than just just a SummerSlam match because they have history there. And just to end it in that way, a title match in the, in, in the party of the uh, summer <laughs> feels like kind of a letdown for me. It's just the ending is kind of what I'm hung up on. Right. Alo? Yeah, I thought it was a letdown, too. I thought I thought the match was pretty boring until Randy hit the RKO out of nowhere. Because right, right when he hit it, he had this look on his face, this, this evil smile. Yeah. But then Kofi went to the outside, and Orton was torn Kofi's kid. And then... Kofi beat him beat him down after the match, but other than that, I thought the match was pretty uneventful. But they they did the same thing last year with Joe and AJ. Remember with Joe with um Wendy in the crowd? Oh Wendy! Yeah, <laughs> yeah Wendy they built the that. Crowd. That was actually entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had so they had that happen last year, and they did the same thing this year. But like I thought, like I, I guess I can't say that. <sighs> The feud's still going on, and so we're going to get more of it. But I thought the match had something left to be desired. Like if this was a blow-off match and this was going to be a a one a one-show feud, then it's, I would have liked Shades back to 2009 with Orton saying "stupid, stupid, stupid," like Kofi kicking out or something like that. But we'll probably get that sequence at Clash of Champions, maybe. But I thought this match had a left a lot left to be desired. Yeah, so it's interesting. The match itself, like, was what it was. It, it was like. At best, it was, like, fine. Um, I didn't think it was bad, but it wasn't, like, particularly good either. It wasn't pay-per-view quality. Right. It's something you see on a TV show. Yeah. But I did see, like, obviously the two of you agree, like, had an issue with the, the finish. And I know on social media a lot of people had issue with the finish. And I think the crowd in attendance had an issue with oh, the yeah, finish. Oh, yeah, immediately. I actually didn't, and maybe... Part of that is the benefit of, like, before I watched it, I knew that was how it ended. Uh, because I obviously saw on Sunday night that was how that match ended. But I was okay with it because for two reasons. One, because as it happened and in the, in the aftermath of it happening, Corey Graves was, like, telling you the story of where this is going. Like, basically saying how Kofi's lost control of himself and Kofi's emotions are getting the better of him and... Like, so clearly they're telling you that this isn't over, that there's going to be another match. So this is just part of building to that next match, which which I can get behind. And part of now Kofi's story is this is very personal for him. This is something that's been personal for him for a decade. Is he going to be able to control his emotions enough to get the better of Randy Orton? Or will Randy Orton ultimately make him lose control of himself? And now what I will say is they put themselves in a position where this next match they have has to be, like, a significant... Step like up. Yes, like it has to be a significant, decisive moment for Kofi, like, to solidify his title reign. And if they don't get that, 
then I will say that this was a mistake what they did at Summer. And again, I get that. I get that you're kind of building towards more, and I'm a fan of that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's better ways in this scenario to play that off. Again, the match quality itself, we've seen time after time Kofi is a high-level wrestler. We didn't really get that. The ending was kind of a weak uh, disqualification. It could add something like Kofi putting Randy. Well, because it was a count-out, a double count-out, right? Yeah. We it wasn't have, even like Kofi got DQ'd for we beating him up. Exactly. We could have played something off like that where Kofi goes off the top ropes, through the, puts Randy through the table, and they both don't enter a ten, answer a 10 count. That's more entertaining than what we got. Right. Then they just happened to be out there rolling around. Um, but, yeah, so, Alo, do you, if, if they have their next pay-per-view match is, like, a huge win for Kofi, do you think what happened at SummerSlam becomes, like, a part of the telling of that story, or do you just think this is a letdown <coughs> no matter what? Oh no! It's a part. Of, it's a part of telling the story, and I understand that. It's just the fact that the, the they were working to get to the end of that match, and that match as a whole was a lot, of, a lot, lot to be desired because, like Joey said, there's been ten years of anticipation for Kofi Kingston to actually beat Randy Orton, and we didn't really get get much of that. It was like it was it was just a fine match, but then the only eventful thing was the RKO out of nowhere and then the post match, but. Of course, I, I understand. I know and understand the fact that Clash of Champions, when they do have a rematch, that match will mean more than the SummerSlam match. It's all part of the story. That just has to end with Kofi having a decisive victory, though. Yeah. Like, because I'm all for like us feeling cheated that he didn't get that win. Because we talked about this last week. Like, this to me, this is a necessary victory. For Kofi's title reign, like it makes it mean so much more if he gets a yeah. win over Randy Orton. We got cheated out of that on Sunday, so it makes if he does win at Clash of Champions, it makes it that much more enjoyable when put, he finally does. Put some amplifiers on that. Yes, pitch. so that that's my hope is that they pay it off properly at Clash of Champions. Uh, so the last thing that I did watch was the Fiend against Finn Balor. Um, yeah, I said this. Uh, when we brought it up earlier, I was not disappointed in, in the least. I was like so excited for this because we've never seen him make an entrance. We've never seen him have a match. We've never seen what he would do during a match. And it was just like the unknown of like, what what is this going to be? What is it going to look like? How's he going to wrestle? We didn't know what his entrance music was going to be. You know, we had, we've had Eck theorizing for like a month or more. That lantern about, is pretty creepy. Yeah, about him having the uh, Firefly Funhouse music as his exit music. <laughs> uh, we got the Firefly Funhouse tease before the entrance music. Then we got the remixed version of his original entrance music, which I actually liked. I did too. Because we, we've talked a lot about him doing things to separate himself from Bray Wyatt. Like, don't do... Uh, your same finisher. Don't do your same in-ring work. But, like, clearly The Fiend is connected to Bray, so I like that the song is still connected to Bray. The, yeah. the Lantern, yes, I thought was excellent. Yeah, the, the Astral World uh, Lantern. <laughs> yeah. I thought that the Lantern was excellent. I liked the that they did the effect of, like, all the lights coming down and the power going out when he came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just how creepy and unsettling he looks coming out there in the dark with that mask. Yeah. Very creepy, very unsettling. I could do without the little screeching. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a good effect, but I could do without that, but everything else was A+. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even how Finn Balor looks so, so, like, intimidated. He didn't know what to think. Right, like, because he's the guy who said, I want the Fiend. Yeah. Like, but then when he sees the Fiend come out, it was like, oh, you maybe are regretting... 
I don't know uh, what that is. Yeah, be, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. Like, that's what it looked like to me. Uh, my only complaint, and this is this would probably be in the nitpick department. Yeah, a couple nitpick. Yeah, and you guys might uh, think I'm going overboard, especially for how short the match was. But I thought the offense that Finn got in was totally unnecessary and shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think the Fiend should have gotten taken off his feet. I didn't think Finn, in after thirty seconds of getting beaten down, should be able to get to his finisher. Like it, it seemed to me like that was unnecessary and they shouldn't have done it. Other than that, though, I love the way it was presented. Yeah, well, well, to go off of what you just said, I thought that that was fine because he caught him doing the coup de, the coup de gras, and he did that right into the mandible claw, and that's what ended the match. I love that as the way the match ended, that he pinned him with the mandible claw in. Um, And then even the way his exit from the ring, like him looking back at the camera with the the light, kind of like the strobe light, and then he disappears. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really really enjoyed the way it was presented. Um, My hope with this is that they will, like, push this further than just... Wrestling, Like, I don't want The Fiend to just be a wrestling character. A gimmick. Like, I want it to be something more than that. Uh, but the other thing, actually, about Finn getting in the offense, if I remember correctly, Finn turned the tide right after The Fiend was, like, holding his head and clearly having some kind of, like, inner struggle. Mental break. So is that maybe, like, his weakness is he's, like, at war with himself in his mind, maybe? I don't know. Ray's trying to come back out. But I, I don't know. I, I could not have been much more pleased with the way it was presented. Uh, Joseph, do you feel the same? Is there anything that didn't happen that you would have liked to see? No, I mean, this is kind of what we expected going in. It was going to be a match to kind of build up the Fiend. And um, it just answered a lot of questions as far as what we're looking at with this character. And that was all, all I really wanted coming out of this. Yeah, Alo. Yeah, and another thing is uh, we, all, we all know that Finn's taking time off for the next few months or whatever, but what I'm interested in is when Finn comes back, does he go back to the Fiend and we get the Demon versus the Fiend with those two supernatural guys going at it? And I, see, I think that would be interesting. I don't know who wins. I would I would assume the Fiend wins because that's the newer thing, the newer thing they have going Depends on. Depends at what but, point we are coming back with with the Demon. Yeah, and then depending depending what kind of match they're in, if they're just in a one on one match, but I'm sure they could find a way to protect somebody. In a, in a stipulation match, but those two supernatural guys going at it, I think that would be good. And that's if they decide to ever go back to it. I'm sure we'll get it because I don't know if Vince could resist it. Yeah, because especially like it's amazing how like I talked about this while you were going too. It's amazing how that we're all in on this and with the fiend. And just a couple of years ago, we had the sister Abigail versus the demon when Bray Wyatt was the woman and Bal was the pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, we were not in on that <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see where the Fiend goes. Do you think it was a mistake to not have him on Raw or SmackDown? No, no. I think it was smart. Because that was a report that went out, too, that they want to make a, make it feel like he's going to appear at a moment's notice or whatever. And especially if you don't have like anything for him to do, don't have him on the show. Just right, the exactly. Yeah, you got to... Yeah, only use him when you have a specific thing to use him for. There's no don't don't let this be another thing that you just like. Force all me. right, you like yeah. this? We'll we'll send you don't, out yeah. there. 
Uh, yeah, and do something. Right. We don't need that for this, especially not yet. Like, it's too new. Yeah, I think it's... I actually am very impressed with the restraint that they've shown with this. Because <laughs> this has probably... I don't want to say it's been the most popular thing, but, like, as popular as Becky Lynch has been, I think this has been the most intriguing thing that they've done in a yeah. long time. And it's gotten a lot of talk... Uh, it's had a lot of interest. It's had a lot of people theorizing about it. And they very easily could have pushed it harder than they initially wanted to. And I really respect that they are, like, taking their time with it and letting it breathe and unfold. Yeah, and it took four months until you actually got him in the ring and maybe three and a half before you actually physically saw him on television. So they did a good job with this and they actually took their time to actually tell a story and tell you something about a character. And we don't get that nowadays. You, once you once you show somebody's face, you got to put them on TV. But Bray, we didn't see on TV for three and a half months, four months, you get a match. Yeah, I, I really am uh, am happy with, with the way it's been handled. Uh, so that's everything that I saw, and of the four things I saw, like I was really pleased, really happy with it, really entertained by it, and even a couple things to look forward to, which doesn't always happen. So, of outside of those four things, each of you tell me like what was the next best thing on the show, and Joe, you can go first if you have something. Well, me and Alo both agree that the the Charlotte Trish Stratus match was was a really good match. Again, you had a lot of motion going on there. You weren't sure sure what Trish could kind of put out there. Um, she looked really good. Charlotte helped her look probably pretty good. But uh, the match overall was really really fun to watch, and it was um, a lot of energy behind it. Yeah. Alo? Yes, yes. I'm championing the Charlotte-Trish match. Uh, there was a point when the match first started. I believe Trish had a hurricane run on Charlotte, and Charlotte just looked so, like, dejected. Like, she couldn't <laughs> believe she did it. And, like, Trish even put it on a figure eight, which she called the figure six for Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> she, she locked Charlotte in the figure six, but she couldn't because she couldn't hold because it took, hold it in because it took so much core strength. And, like, I thought Trish had an excellent showing in her final one-on-one match. because it's the first one-on-one match she's had any other time she's been back has been in tag matches but i thought charlotte looked great i thought their chemistry was great and i can't say anything bad about that match so i have to give props to charlotte for the match at SummerSlam. um do you think that they put in a lot of work together have you seen anything about them like working together leading up to it or we really have no idea i don't know i haven't seen anything or heard anything um yeah i i did not see it if i had had a little more time I would have watched it only because I heard such good things about it. Uh, Yeah, so my issues with Charlotte are, like we said earlier, I look at Charlotte as she is actually what people complained about Roman Reigns being. Like, she's actually that. Uh, And I've been saying for about a year now, maybe even a little more than that, that I think she is overrated. I think she's a great athlete. And she can physically do a lot of things that nobody else can do. But as far as, like, wrestling and her quote-unquote work, I feel like a lot of times she's kind of sloppy. I feel like she does some things that looks like it may hurt her opponent. Um, And I think she gets, like, a lot of it she gets a free ride because she's Ric Flair's daughter. Uh, But with that being said... If you can go out there and take someone who is 43 years old, who has not wrestled a one-on-one match in over 10 years probably, maybe more, yeah, maybe closer to 15, 
um, and put on a match that the entire wrestling social media world is buzzing about, like, you deserve some credit for making that happen. So while I'm not the biggest Charlotte fan, uh, I will make it a point to watch that match uh, before we do the show next week because... And just take off your rose-colored glasses. <laughs> I mean, I will. I, take off your Charlotte blockers. I can... Be open-minded. Yeah, I can watch and say something is good, even if I don't like the person. Um, and I don't, like, hate Charlotte either. I just don't think she's as good as she's made out to be. Um, and I find her kind of boring. I think her promos are, like, all one note. Um, but, yeah, and I, and I like Trish Stratus, too. So I feel like I owe it to my fan Stratus, Trish Stratus to, to watch it. Um, do you, are you guys both in agreement though? That was like the best thing other than those four that you um, didn't watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the U S title match was good too. Um, of course with interference, AJ Styles retains the title, but yeah, other than that, I think like between Rollins and Brock, Charlotte and Trish was my match. was my match of the night. So we're all in agreement. Seth and Brock was match of the night. Yeah. 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 yeah before like, Cause like like I said like I don't know what to expect because of the lead up mm-hmm. but like when Charlotte Trish happened I was already set to call it my match of the night but then Rollins and Seth happened I mean Rollins and Brock happened. Um, so I'm actually glad you brought up AJ because this kind of ties into to something that I that I at least wanted to make a, a short comment on. Uh, I, so I saw people were praising the Goldberg Ziggler match on social media. Why? The, the praise being, this is what we want from Goldberg. Like, this is the Goldberg we want to see. Why the hell do you want to see that? <laughs> well, it's not even that. They put him in with Dolph Ziggler. And- <laughs> right. But, like, why do you want to see Goldberg do anything? Why do you care? Uh, so th- this is, like, two parts. So one, I saw this praise for the Goldberg match being, quote-unquote, what we want to see Goldberg do. Then you get Seth Rollins and AJ Styles on Raw, correct? Yeah. yeah. And there were CM Punk chants during the match. If you are happy with what you saw William Goldberg do at SummerSlam, if you're chanting for CM Punk during Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, I feel like you have lost your right to complain about WWE product. I feel like you don't get to complain about part-timers being put in prominent positions. I don't feel like you get to complain about the workers not being highlighted or featured enough. Like, you're undermining yourself and what you say you want. Very similar to booing an entire Seth Rollins-Finn Balor match because you don't like the red belt. Like, once again, the WWE Universe has undermined themselves and made themselves look foolish. So I felt like I had to, to make mention of that. And also... I will forever be grateful to Matt Riddle for, one, his feud with Bill Goldberg, and that he called him William this weekend. (laughs) When he told that story about running into him in the locker room, he called him William, which I thought was excellent. So maybe Matt Riddle's listening to the show, too, along with uh, Brian Gerard James. Got 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 some fan base building. I think so. So that being said, um... Goldberg and Ziggler, pretty much what we expected, right? No, actually yeah. worse. Yeah, worse. Well, yeah, you didn't think it was going to be well, that fast. I knew it was going to be kind of fast, kind of squash, but the whole Dolph Ziggler rolling around in the ring, calling him out even though he just lost the match for, like, another five minutes. Yeah, please. Just do it with the, that. He did it the Miz, too, which was funny, yeah. even funnier. 
<laughs> he gets speared, beat up, and he's rolling the ring. He grabs the mic. He's like, why are you leaving? I ain't done with you yet. <laughs> yeah, Dolph, we're all done with you. Um... Was there anything else? Bailey and Ember Moon. Was that match not that good, or was the crowd just not invested in it? The crowd wasn't that invested in it, I feel. I mean, it wasn't a bad match, but didn't really grab everyone, pull them in. It didn't have everyone behind them, I think. Yeah, it, yeah I agree with Joey. And, um, it's like they might, crowd might have been tired, but I threw a lot of time, some some spots. Like I don't know, that timing might have been a bit off because <laughs> some things just didn't look right. But... It was the weakest of the matches from this past weekend. I haven't, I haven't finished TakeOver yet, but Candice LeRae and Yoshirai, like I said at the top of the show, was fantastic. I feel uh, like people just in general aren't behind Bailey. No. They're cool to cheer with, but they're not behind her as a champion. Right. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think it's just because they haven't figured out how to make her be anything other than that, like, one character that does not seem, like, outside of NXT, I think it's very hard to make that character interesting. Like, in NXT, you have, like, the small crowd uh, at full sale, and I think it's very easy to endear yourself to that small fan base, where almost, like, those years I was really loving NXT, almost everyone was over in full sale. Like, everyone. So, it's really difficult, I think, for that character to thrive on the main roster in front of, like, the main WWE crowd, because there's not a lot to it. Um, I do think it's unfortunate. I would have loved to have seen Ember Moon get a shot. I, I predicted she wouldn't because I felt like there was not enough fanfare behind her to win the title. And then she lost again this week, right? Yeah, she lost to yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte. Been a pretty good match. We had some good TV matches. Like you said, AJ, Seth, um, Buddy Murphy, uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Charlotte, Ember Moon. We had some quality matches mm-hmm. on the on the on the on the shows this week. Yeah, so I didn't see the whole match of Buddy Murphy and Roman. I did see highlights. And I had not watched a Buddy Murphy match outside of Blake and Murphy. I had not seen any of his solo (laughs) matches, I don't think. Maybe I saw one when he first kind of debuted as just Buddy Murphy. But I was really impressed. And, like, I think this is just one more, like knock against anyone who's anti-Roman Reigns. Like, this guy is actually good at what he does. He's not just Vince's guy. He's not just, like, the guy they want to be the face of the company. He's very, very good. And I don't know how you could take that away from him. Halo? Yeah, and to, to what I was talking about, how they're, like, you, um, like actually, like, paying off stories, I was shocked the way they did this match because of how it was booked with Roman attacked them backstage trying to see who who uh, tried try to run him over, and then Buddy and then Buddy Murphy got attacked by Rowan on the SummerSlam pre-show. I thought this was gonna come out and be a squash, but this over exceeded my expectations a lot. And they actually told a really good story, kind of like Buddy is saying, like, "Look, I didn't do it, <laughs> you know." But like, he even got false finishes in on Roman, kicked out of some of Roman's signature moves. Listen, I thought he had a great show, and that's great, a, yeah. He, a he great got put on the mat. Shot. He got put on the mat yeah. real, real quick. Yeah, and that was his first SmackDown Live match, so he got put on the mat right away from this silly storyline, which I do not think is good at all. But he got shined up perfectly on SmackDown. Who do we think ultimately is trying to kill Roman Reigns? The internet wrestling community. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Daniel Bryan and Rowan. 
Because that was supposed to be the SummerSlam match. Yeah. But they decided to keep it off the card. So it probably ended up turning out to be them in the, to, to be in the, in the long haul. But, yeah, like Buddy Murphy, he had a great showing for a match that wasn't – that didn't have much to be off of except for um, allegations and blame. And Roman even made mention of him on Twitter – later on in the evening or maybe the next day, which to me solidifies that guy even more. Like, do you look at Buddy Murphy as a guy they have plans for? Well, it possibly. Um, he, he never – I don't watch a lot of 205 Live, so I don't know how he is on the microphone, but he has the Vince look. He can do all the all the, all the, uh, the high the high flying moves. He's, he's really good in the ring, so I wouldn't see why not. Everything we had recently, I would say it seems that way. It seems like he got overall with the right people. Yeah, like they put him into a storyline, whether it's good or not, it's it's a storyline that they view as like kind of a top of the card storyline. I mean, it's involving Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. So he yeah. got put into like a marquee story. And yeah, hopefully for him and hopefully for some of these other guys, they will continue to get an opportunity to to flourish in a way that most of these people have not for the last yeah. few years. Yeah, like I said, like that story, the storyline wasn't meant for him to get any offense and that with the storyline they were showing it should have been it should have been a squash, but they did good by Buddy Murphy this week. Um is there anything else from SummerSlam or weekly TV that is worth mentioning or that I should go out of my way to see? Um I'm sure did you have you seen the Kevin Owens highlight? Yes, I did. Oh okay, um well this kind of goes hand in hand with that. So next Monday, this well Monday on Raw, the King of the Ring tournament starts mm-hmm. up. Woo-hoo. So the participants for Raw, you got the Miz, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Samoa Joe, Drew Galloway, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, for SmackDown, Kevin Owens, Ali, Apollo Cruz, Chad Gable, Elias, Andrade, Buddy Murphy, and Sheldon Benjamin. So Sheldon <laughs> Benjamin. But uh. Yeah, this list, I don't think Owens is going to win. I think he'll get pretty far. I'm not. Sure, I'm sure Shane will end up causing him this match, winning the matches in the long haul, but I think this kind of has Galloway or Baron Corbin written all over it. <laughs> all right, I'd love to see King Corbin <laughs> with his gold chain. <laughs> King Corbin. King Corbin with with the uh, the crown with the gold chain, the scepter, oh, yeah. so good. But yeah, I think it has Galloway or Baron Corbin written all over it. Oh, we uh, just had a, a surprise guest pop in. Ek to fly, Eric Trembicki. Ek, welcome to the show, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. How are we this fine evening? We're doing very well. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. I'm glad one of us are. <laughs> Three of us. I'm glad three of you are. Uh, we're just wrapping up the uh, SummerSlam discussion, so if you had any SummerSlam thoughts, you might want to sneak them in now. Well, I hope I hope everyone enjoyed the show. My feelings are mixed because of my viewership. I know Richie didn't love it, so just because he didn't, I did. Oh, so <laughs> well, wait a minute. So I'm gonna wake up from an angry text message from Richie because I gave it a showstopper. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you are. He actually, he, he hated it right from the end. Uh, when you guys reviewed the Balor Bray match, I gotta say, the second Bray's entrance ended and the lights went on, he said, Give him the title tomorrow. So, I mean, the entrance was good, the match was good. 
Um, some of the lower card stuff I enjoyed. I enjoyed one of the weird things I did get to see was the uh, women's champion, women's tag team championship. I thought that match was fun. Uh, what would, did you give your rating for SummerSlam? Showstopper. Why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, was that all for Richie? I mean, I'm sure he's got some complaining to do, but no more Inferno Burgers. That's for Richie. He'll get it. <laughs> um, so did the weekly shows move anything forward? Like, is there any stories that came out of SummerSlam that Monday or Tuesday night moved forward or gave us? Like, well, do we have any idea where Seth Rollins is going from here? We discussed some of them. I mean, again... I don't know about Seth Rollins. We talked. We discussed Sasha Banks coming in as a contender for for um, Becky Lynch's title. We have the kind of Randy Orton, um, Kofi kind of moving forward. We have Daniel Bryan kind of seeming to be the front runner for Roman Reigns' uh, story. We have KO um, kind of getting pestered still by Shane. That's that Kevin match. Owens, if you didn't know. <laughs> So we have some of those things still playing out uh, on the weekly shows that are coming from, you know, building storylines. Um, Alo, anything for you that came out of this week that, like, moved stuff forward? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought they did a lot to move forward a bit. I'm excited about Sasha Banks, Fudo and Becky Lynch. Uh, we have to assume Rollins is going to deal with Strowman, but that's, that's whatever. I'm sure they'll, they'll make something up to get that away. I'm interested in where to go with Buddy Murphy after his performance on SmackDown. And, um, yeah, that, that's, that's about it. I'm sure that's about it. Like they, they actually did a good job this weekend. I believe. I, I would good, agree with that. SummerSlam weekend. Yes. I, I would agree with that. And I would also say whatever Daniel Bryan, Rowan and Roman, they actually got my interest. So you're like invested in that story. Yeah, I think I think what they did alone on Tuesday got me. I, and I will say, just from the past eight days, this has been Daniel Bryan's best work uh, post-return. I think already this is better than his world title reign. Hmm. Better or at least the, the work he's doing. Degradable title. I mean. Yeah, that's a, a big steak to go up against. But I think he's doing it. He doesn't eat steak, bro. He's a vegan. <laughs> you know, the puns intended, baby. Puns intended. Um. So yeah, like I said, I I did not see very much weekly stuff. Um. So yeah, hopefully though, the trend of things moving upward continues. Uh. Alo, were you ready to talk a little bit about 90210, or did you have any other wrestling stuff? <laughs> Thank you. You want to take this first with me? Um, so the first thing I'll say is, so I didn't know a lot about this going into it. So I was maybe I'm an idiot, but I was actually surprised and pleasantly surprised. That it's not just a reprisal of 90210. It's a show about a reboot of 90210. I love that. I do too. Like that they're all playing themselves and now they're trying to reboot 90210. The, the show within a show, I, I, I really enjoy that. I love how cheesy it is. I love how bad the writing and the acting is. <laughs> Uh, I love that I got to see Lala and Vanessa Manillo, two of my favorite MTV VJs from back in the day. Lala. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I think it's basically everything you could hope that something like this would be. Uh, what What are your thoughts on? I might have a few more after you give yours. I loved it. I like like you said, like the fact that it's like a a show about rebooting the show. I think is great. I, I love I love like uh, how like they kind of hit on everybody's like personal issues because you know Jenny Garb, she's been married a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. What's his name? Um, Jason Priestley not being able to not being able to get a movie to direct a movie. He can't yeah. get his any, any movie direct any movie um, to direct approved. He has to stay on TV. Um, Tori Spelling and her money issues. By the way, she scares the shit out of me. Yeah, but um, she's the living embodiment almost of the fiend mask. <laughs> <laughs> even as a kid, she scared the shit yeah. out of me. But uh, yeah, even uh. Um, Gabrielle Contreras, her like they kind of hinted that she wanted to make her character gay in the show, but it was a night she couldn't. But then the bartender was all into her and stuff. Can I also say that she is finally playing her age, the age that she was when she that she looked when she was actually <laughs> on the show the first time. Yeah, I was curious. She was like twenty nine, and I like God, twenty nine and didn't look a day under forty. <laughs> Yeah, but like, I love like I love but the fact they poke fun at each other and uh, like how Brian Austin Green like nobody really had questions for him. Yeah, because like and uh, oh and the, of course the jokes about how when Jenny Garsh at the at the front desk and she, like she says I'm here to check in. He's like who are you? And he's like I'm Jenny Garsh. I'm Kelly Taylor. <laughs> like what is it? who's that? Because he's so young he doesn't remember the show. Right. And I I love the fact that it pokes fun at ninety because a lot. Of the, in my opinion, I'm probably biased towards this, but the '90s had like the best sitcoms and dramas and stuff like that. So, like a lot of people I grew up with in the '90s, they're known only for that character, and they have a struggle of not getting out of that character. So, character. So, when people see him on the street, they only know him by that name. So, remember, she, it was a point in the episode when she was trying to get some, but the guy <laughs> called her Kelly in the pool. Yeah. So like I, I loved it, and the fact even that the a, one point when Brian Austin Green gets the itch to get back into acting, and he calls his agent and says it's Brian, and he's like, yeah, Austin, Brian Austin, Austin Green, like <laughs> <laughs> even his own agent didn't uh, know who he was. I loved it. I can't wait to watch it tomorrow. It was so good. Yeah, I it exceeded my expectations. Uh, Joseph, as as a product of the '90s, a child of the '90s, someone well versed in the old 90210. I do think you should uh, invest in this Sorry, new reboot. Get in, get in and see how, how yeah. it's going. Get my toe in the pool. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I look forward to discussing this on a weekly basis for as long as it lasts. Uh, yeah, just to give you updated ver- pass. Just to give you updated version of uh, Joey's opinion. He thinks it's garbage. <laughs> it, it, he may, but I, I do think he should. Uh, he should give it a watch. Um, give it a whirl. Do we have any listener questions? Yes, we got a uh, well three part. As I, as, I t- as I told you earlier, you spoke his name into existence the other I day. Did. Got a question <laughs> from Kevin Fendi. All right, he says he asks, "What are your guys' favorite Booker T moments in terms of wrestling and segments, and favorite moments on commentary?" So, I mean, can I go favorite- first? Well, there's one I have to get out of the way first because it is something that I probably watch. <laughs> At least once a month for the last 10 years, <laughs> maybe more. Uh, which is the, obviously the segment he did in the grocery store with Austin. 
Like, that will never get old to me. It's like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen on wrestling TV. It will never stop being funny to me. Uh, so that is my favorite Booker T moment uh, that I've ever had. Eck, what were you going to say? Well, I knew you were going to do that, so <laughs> you beat me to it. Um, I guess to run through it, I, was, I would say se- segment has got to be the grocery store with Austin. Um, match, I would say the 2001 series of matches with The Rock. Those, I think, are very underrated. And then commentary. I think a lot of stuff with Corey Graves and every damn time he said, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Joseph, what about you? Any favorite Booker T stuff? Oh, he has a lot of good stuff. I mean, it's hard to call, recall offhand. I mean, when he became King Booker, kind of kind of funny moments. Anytime he's on commentary, he has a lot of flubs. Um, they're always memorable moments. Kind of times he sounds like he's lost, doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> um, I, I can't think back right now to few feuds offhand, but he's had he's had quite a few. Ayla, what about you? Um, my favorite Booker T segment is the, the grocery store is up there, but it's not it. My favorite one is when uh. Goldust is trying to get in contact with him, and he sends the girl <laughs> to the to the arena, and he ends up with Goldust in bed, and Goldust and the girl in bed. <laughs> and my favorite wrestling moment is probably when him and Goldust first won the tag titles, because like Goldust was like, "Okay, like if we don't win tonight, this is it." And like, like I said, like that like six month lead up that it took for him to win the tag titles. It was a fun ride because Goldust, same thing with our truth. Like he, he had to pursue him to be his tag team partner. And when he got, when he was down, they had like an uphill climb to make. So I enjoyed that run. What he had with Goldust and the tag team. Yeah. I don't have like a specific match, but one thing I could say for Booker T that I think you guys will all agree says a lot about the greatness of Booker T He was one of very few things when I would be in a household that would turn on Nitro back in the day, where if I saw uh, Booker T in the ring, I would at least be interested. Um, Oh, and and my favorite Booker T commentary thing was when anytime he he said Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. (laughs) Yeah, I think Booker T, I I believe we all have him on like an all-time underrated list uh, and think he deserves even more credit and more praise than he gets. So, excellent question. Booker T, uh, an excellent guy. One of the one of the best guys to transition from WCW to WWE as well. I think Eric Trebicki's robbing a house. <laughs> hey. I'm not hey, sure. Come on. <laughs> and come and on. the second part of his question is... I thoughts? always knew you were a snitch, Ryder Mill. <laughs> Damn. And also, uh, second question is, thoughts on the new NXT signings, which include... Santana Garrett and Austin Theory, and friend of the show from Instagram, Brianna Brandy. Um, it's kind of hard to like quantify what new NXT signings mean at this point because I feel like they have so many people signed at this point. Um, but I'm a big fan of Austin Theory, Santana Garrett. She has done a ton of work on NXT uh, as enhancement talent. We've seen her on the indies for a while, and if nothing else, I'm happy that she's finally officially under contract with NXT. But I think it's hard to... We to all agree of, she's hot as hell. <laughs> I think it's hard to, to really figure out 
like what's in the future for anyone that NXT is signing because I think they just have so much talent down there. Was I the only one? I mean, I hope this isn't her case, but when I first heard she was signed, I was like, oh, man, she's just going to be a trainer. Because hmm. I heard they were trying to sign her just just as a trainer a while ago. Really? I guess we'll no, find she, out more. No, she's a I recruit. Mean, she's a recruit. She's in the picture with all the other people. So my first instinct for it is the fact that AEW has a very small women's division and they need 21 females for their battle royal at the end of this month so i think anyone with name value that isn't signed they're They're gonna snatch them all up and santana garrett is one of them if not the biggest one of them well they well well um per um the road to all out jazz is going to be in that Battle Royal at Jazz and Eva Lee, both Eva Lee's from Lucha Underground. Yeah, yeah. And my thoughts, uh, Santana Girl, I said it was a long time coming, but I appreciate like she kind of like got herself situated, like just of her dad. I think she recently got married. She got all that stuff taken care of. Austin Theory, I've heard he's nothing but a WWE guy, <laughs> like, <laughs> like prototype. Like John Cena even posted him one time on his Instagram page. Yeah, but I, I, I believe Prep said he's like WWE through thick and thin. Like he's like the prototype WWE guy. So, and like Eric said, it's like with AEW around the fact that WWE was able to get two top stars like Santana and Garrett and somebody who could be like a top player in, in Austin Theory. I think that's a big. I think that's still a big deal. They actually were able to sign those two. Yeah, and hopefully their their careers play out in a positive way under the WWE banner. Yeah, and I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, Aaron just met, mentioned Jazz. Jazz had to vacate her NWA Women's Championship, and to fill in her spot for that match was Santana Garrett. So it's kind of funny to see Jazz is going. She's getting a, a rub in a match with AEW. Meanwhile, Santana Garrett gets signed by WWE, so... Those two companies are grabbing everyone they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a third part to his question. Okay. Um, this is got- all you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like to take this for Ron after Ron takes it after, too, because I got a lot to say about this, too. Would you guys have guests on the show? Guests meaning, like... He like- didn't specify. I- I'm assuming, like, just normal people. All right, no. Let- I-, I need to go first. Bring back unsanctioned past. That's what he's saying. He doesn't know he's saying it, but he's saying it. Yeah, I, I probably will never do that. Um, or at least it'll be a while before I did it. But have a guest on the weekly show. I'd be willing to have a guest on the show anytime we have less than four people like on here. Because I feel like five is too many voices. Agreed. And the shows take too long. And I just feel like it's too hard to, to get everyone's thoughts. And you don't hear enough Mr. Sexy, so yeah. you, you, need, <laughs> yeah. you need a steady flow of Mr. Sexy. Yeah, anytime we have a three-man like panel, I'd be willing to have a guest on to, to take up the fourth spot. But I, I, I prefer not to ever have a fifth voice because I think it's one too many voices. Yeah, I don't mind it, but you guys know how I am. I get irritated easily, and... <laughs> I don't like when people speak from ignorance, and that's uh-huh. what I think a lot of wrestling fans speak from. They don't know what the hell they're talking about, or they be like, "Oh, or they'll do the smart comments." Oh, they're doing this because of this. Like, I don't like that. Like, I want to come. I, if you come on this show, 
I want you to have a normal conversation, actually listen, because a lot of times people argue with each other, and they're saying the same exact thing. Do you think, though, that you might have fun listening to me have a discussion with that person? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You'd be laughing the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, I'll get kicked out of that. A lot of of times, communication, people, like, they're saying the same thing, but they got to get the last word, like, oh, well, well, it's this, it's this, it's this. But, like, dude, I'm telling you the same thing. And don't come on my damn, do not come on my damn show. Don't come on my damn show and never listen to a goddamn episode. <laughs> Trying to put your damn self over. You, you, you need to be a mark of the madness and listen to at least uh, 50 of the episodes. Oh, at least a 50 at least episode minimum. 50 episode minimum is a requirement? You know, what, you, know, you know what? Matter of fact, the minimum. This is how you get, no, this is how you get on the show. This is how you get on the show. You, you, didn't, you need to name me five places I was from when I was European champion. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, but yes. Bangor, Maine. Anytime we don't have a four-man crew, I would be willing to have a guest on to take up a fourth spot. And, and I would like to know, I would like to know you because I think I think half of us on this panel we have like dry sense of humor yeah. and know each other's personality and know what we what we find funny. So like I said, I would like to like have like even if it's like on Instagram or something like that, or you comment on posts like that. There's always some kind of interaction so we can kind of like have a feel for each other and not have that those kind of awkward moments. So when there's not too many voices and when you fill out a full application with Alo <laughs> yeah. because you got to meet Alo, you got to know five places he's from. <laughs> And you, you gotta have have to verify that you've listened to at least 52, 50 episodes. 50 plus episodes. <laughs> what, what's that so, being said? What's so hard about that? I think I think there's a chair for you. What's yeah. so hard about that? Nothing. It's just all the requirements for future people who want to be on the show. Yeah, he's just yeah, running Rich, down the checklist of requirements. Yeah, Richie was mad. I didn't tell him to pull up when you were going, Pash. <laughs> yeah, that would have been would have been great to have Richie <laughs> pop in when I wasn't here. Uh was there anything else that we needed to get? He's an OG unsanctioned member. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all I got. Um, so, SummerSlam weekend, it seems like from at least the point of view of the four of us, it was a successful weekend, a successful Sunday night. It wasn't a perfect show, but it seems like everyone at least enjoyed it. Damn straight. Um, except for Richie. Uh, Richie, I'm sorry that you uh, wasted your Sunday night on that. Maybe take up my uh, philosophy, which is just watch this stuff you want to watch a couple days later. Um, but, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed SummerSlam. I hope you enjoyed our show this week. Boom. For Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, see King Joe Rodermill. Living. For Act 2 Fly, Eric Trimbicki. Pull up when I need to be. <laughs> For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Bay. I may start calling you the gatekeeper because <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're going to be what decides if someone can be a guest on the show or not. <laughs> My favorite was Raul, Raul said earlier. Yeah, Ron Pastor, They he says, uh, Alo. I call him Alo. The ladies call him Alo. I'm like, that's not how it goes. Like, that's how it goes when I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, I love that Raul just hates the Baylo thing. He's hated it since the inception. Um, well, he experienced it, though. Okay. Well, there you go. And actually, just... that's where the hate comes from. He, <laughs> he experienced the Baylo? He he cut he cut one of his friends off because he, he had uh, Aaron's back. Uh, for more of a oop. I don't even know if this is the right format to go over it, but let me just say, Baylor's a thing. I don't, I, like, he lives in Delaware. He's from New York. I don't know what happens in those states, but in PA, Baylor's a thing. I wouldn't have said it on 80-plus shows if I didn't think it was a thing. So, 
Pass, it's more of a thing than you even know. <laughs> well, maybe one Let's day I'll find out. Um, but yes, for Mr. Sexy, for Act 2 Fly, for the gatekeeper, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Baylo, Aaron Lloyd. I Did am you Brian say Queen B? Did I hear Queen B this week? No, that, I told no, you. That was just B. last week. <laughs> Good. Queen P. <laughs> Whatever. Same but crap. No, it, that's retired. It was a one week only. Alright. I am Ron Pashery Jr. and we will see you next week. Bulk up on your episodes. Hop on the top rope by the land with elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the